Welcome to Mac Chat. This is Molly Bushman welcoming you to the first episode of our new season of our podcast. Uh, we have some great guests today. First, I want to acknowledge our sponsor, Northwestern Bank, has been a great corporate sponsor of Max for many years. Thank you so much, Northwestern Bank, for your support of our students and our mission. So today we're welcoming our brand new chaplain. Meet our new chaplain, Father Alex Kren. Hello, Father. Hello, Molly. Thank you for having me. Of course. And also uh, his partner in crime. No, that's not exactly right. Our ministry and mission director, Miss Erica Beam. Hi, Erica. Hey. Partner for good, I think. Partner for good. Okay, something. Anyway, you guys work together, right? Yes. Okay, so so Father Kren, Ms. Beam, both work for Max. Father Kren being new to Max after we... uh, we said goodbye to our dearly departed Father Ethan Holcamp on to great adventures in Rome. Um, very excited, though, to welcome Father Kren. So, Father, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, I got big shoes to fill uh, following Father Holcamp. But, yeah, just a little about me. Um, I'm from Nilsville, Wisconsin, so not too far away. Uh, I grew up on a dairy farm just south of Nilsville. I am the youngest of four. It was all boys. Uh, so you could imagine that household. Um, yeah, I would say early on, um, yeah, sports consumed my life. Um, I was a three-sport athlete, played football, basketball, and baseball. Um, faith was there. Um, I guess you could say we were Sunday Catholics growing up. Um, and yeah, throughout a good chunk of my early years, kind of faith, I like using... Uh, the analogy of life's kind of like being in a car. Um, I was in the driver's seat, you know, worldly things were in the passenger seat, and my faith was always kind of in the back seat. Um, And that's kind of how I lived my life for a while. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard that analogy, so that's really interesting. Um, And I'm guessing that maybe changed at some point, so I'd love to hear a little more about that. But first, we'll maybe find out who this Ms. Bain person is. You have been uh, on our podcast before. A lot of the people in the Max community will know you, Erica. Um, but can you give a little background about yourself? Yeah, so I just finished year eight at Max, going into year nine. Um, I started here right out of college. I graduated from Benedictine with a theology and evangelization and catechesis degree. Um, and I started as a middle school theology teacher, high school theology transition into campus ministry, um, and then last year transitioned into being the ministry and mission director uh, here outside of school. Uh, I just like to do hobbies, all hobbies, hang out with friends. Awesome. Yeah, and I I think um, it's interesting because the evolution of your position, you know, speaks highly of you and your skills and passion here for the school and, and just making Christ present every day around here. Um, but also I think the direction of the school, you know, one thing we talked about, and I think this might end up being part of what we talk about today is like, um, athletics is so important in the life of young people Mm -hmm. and people, right. But, you know, we're in the business of education. So for kids, it's really, and students, it's really important. Um, so how do we acknowledge that and respect that and celebrate that and also help them understand why faith can't just be in that backseat? So I think that's kind of where we were coming at with this ministry and mission director position is like, well, we have an athletic athletics director, which we should and we do. And she's awesome. Mm-hmm. But saying, you know, we also need as much energy and effort being put into 
at least as much energy and effort being put into a campus ministry. Yeah. Right. For sure. So I appreciate you stepping into that. It's been great. Thanks. Um, and our Catholic mission team, um, that kind of works together with all the administrators to pull that together. I really appreciate your leadership there too. Thanks. Yeah. It's good to have kind of everyone on the same page and working for the good. Yeah, I was really excited to welcome Father into that because mm-hmm. um, I know when I started here a few years ago and Father, the prior chaplain started here a few years ago, we felt like we were building the plane as we were flying it. Mm-hmm. And now I feel a little bit more like we're welcoming you to something that you can just really um, dig into and get involved in and plug into and still bring your own creativity. So, so yeah, maybe just um, as we're coming back to you, Father, you know, you had started mentioning a little bit about that, that faith being in the backseat. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested in hearing, you know, we have time. We have a whole half hour here. So if you <laughs> want to spin that yarn for a little bit and tell us, uh, you know, not only how you came to your vocation, but um, presumably at some point, you know, before the ordination in June, mm-hmm. uh, faith came to the forefront for you. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah, I guess. I mean, really, it's a calling, right? Um, But before I heard that call, I was definitely lost. Um, Yeah, as I said, you know, going through, like, my younger years, middle school, high school, like, faith was always in the back seat. And, yeah, I started venturing into the party scene, like, middle school, high school. I was just kind of playing with it. It was nothing too crazy um you know I just wanted to to fit in and just kind of go with the crowd you know and my sophomore year there was a big life event that happened my parents ended up getting divorced and that sent me down a very destructive path family was like the one of the most important things to me growing up and being the youngest You know, I always looked up to my siblings and and my parents. Um, You know, I always had that security there. And then all of a sudden, it it was just taken from me. And I struggled a lot, actually. And um, so I had this deep wound uh, that I had, and I didn't know how to deal with it. So I turned to the party scene to kind of numb whatever I was feeling. So, yeah, after sophomore year I started to really get into the party scene a lot more and that actually uh, made me struggle in sports which was quite depressing because sports were also like a big part of my life so it it was like the perfect storm right um, lot lost in some sense my family and then what I loved most sports I was like not playing to the best of my ability and I struggled a lot during my junior and senior year and yeah it was definitely a struggle some dark times for sure Mm -hmm. after high school I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life Um, so I kind of took a gap year Um, but being a young adult at that time I had the decision you know whether or not to continue to go to mass or not and I decided not to Um, So I kind of fell away from the church for some years after high school and did my own thing. And after high school, yeah, it was that continued struggle of, yeah, wrestling with this pain from my parents' divorce. Um, 
and like trying to figure out who I am and what I'm going to do with my life. And yeah, I just kind of got deeper and deeper into the party scene. Um, I ended up going to tech school for automated systems technician, and that was in Hutchinson, Minnesota. Um, and honestly, those years were probably some of the darkest years of my life. Personally, I got into some crazy stuff I never thought I would get into. Um, it was just very dark. Um, yeah, it was. I felt like <laughs> a lot of despair and just hopelessness, and because I. I went from like being on top of the mountain prior to my parents' divorce and all of a sudden like I feel like I'm six feet underground. Like I didn't like who I was, I didn't like life and it was just a constant battle and I just remember thinking like how did I get here um, and it just ha it happened so fast and so I felt trapped and I would try to get out of the party scene myself but uh, my strength was, was not strong enough and I would always fall back into it. And it, the cycle would just keep repeating. And yeah, there's a lot within, within all of that, but what ultimately ended up happening was um, after tech school, I moved back to Wisconsin with my brother. And um, yeah, still kind of struggled with the party scene. Yeah, the party scene just kept on following me wherever I went. It was really hard to get out of it. But when I was w living with my brother, me and him are a lot alike. Um, we both have similar struggles, and we just had really deep heart-to-heart -heart conversations, mm -hmm. and God would always come up in these conversations. And it's really beautiful how, how the Lord works, even you know when you're struggling uh, or have turned your back to him. But um, I was introduced to Christian music, of all things, and, you know, I'm not one at that time who was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed music, but like Christian music is like, eh, you know, mm -hmm. but really, like for the first time, it felt like uh, l lyrics hit my soul when I was listening to Christian music and I could really relate with what they were talking about. Um, and through that, um, I ended up getting a job back home, actually, in Nilsville. Um, for what I went to tech school for and so I moved back in with my mom and I asked her like how I could get back into into yeah the church and she gave me a book by Matthew Kelly rediscovering Catholicism so I started reading that and it talks about I mean it, most of his books are about becoming the better version of yourself mm -hmm. uh, but in this one he, he talked about forming a prayer life and that's something honestly I really never had up to this point um, and so I worked second shift, and I decided to uh, dedicate time right after I would get off work and go up to my church, uh, St. Mary's in Nilsville, and, and pray after work. Mm. First time I was there, I was there for maybe like five minutes, and that seemed like an eternity. <laughs> um, and I had like my, my doubts and suspicions about it, but... Like, Again, like I tried everything on my own strength to change my life and I, I could just not do it. Um, I was stuck, so I was kinda, this was like the last straw. Um, mm, wow. And yeah, five minutes turned into 10 minutes, 10 minutes into 20. You know, next thing you know, I'm there for, you know, an hour each night. 
you know, it was really through prayer where, yeah, I just kind of opened up my heart and just let everything out. You know, as a guy, it's tough. You know, I was always like told, don't share your feelings or just like bare knuckle it, just tough, just tough it out and, you know, just power through it type of thing. And so I had a lot of stuff bottled up and, um, yeah, it was really through prayer where I let all that out, mm-hmm. went to confession, got my butt back to, to going to Sunday mass, found out there's this thing called daily mass, um, <laughs> started doing that, found out there's Eucharistic adoration. I started doing that. Um, and like through this, probably a couple months, like there was a lot of changes happening. I was finally able to say no to the party scene. Um, but yeah, a couple months into kind of that routine, that was, there was one night I was praying and I was just kind of reflecting on how, you know, the Lord, you know, gave up his life for, for me, for all of us. And here I am, um, you know, making good money, playing a lot of golf. I started golfing around that time and yeah I just felt like I should be doing something more and yeah I was in that moment where I just kind of heard the Lord call me to priesthood and that was something I never thought about before Um, so yeah that really kind of started the journey uh, to join seminary and yeah praise the Lord that grace was really what kept me going all the way to to uh, ordination and now being a priest um so yeah it's been a crazy journey for sure but the lord yeah is so generous and so gentle and so patient um so yeah in some sense he saved my life um so yeah that's kind of the story when did you get ordained I got ordained a priest. A priest? Yeah. Uh June twenty fourth. Of this year. Of this year. What has been the biggest uh surprise of being a priest that you're like, I didn't expect this? Oh man. Um, or a surprise. I guess not biggest. Yeah, I guess kinda what I focused on is just the beauty of the gift. Um, you know, after ordination, being ordained as a priest, you know, now people come up and call me father. Uh, people will come up and ask me to go to confession. You know, I can confect the Eucharist now in mass. Um, and it's really nothing that I did, but it's because of the ordination itself, you know, bishop all the way down to the apostles and to Jesus, like that connection, like, his laying on of hands and yeah the ordination itself is why people trust me why people come up to me and call me father and it's such a such a beautiful gift it's very humbling um Mm -hmm. so that aspect is yeah it's just kind of like wow this is it's so beautiful and it's something i really want to protect because i know how easy it is to take that for advantage um it's a slippery slope. Um, so, yeah, pray for us priests. Pray for me that we protect the gift of, of the priesthood. For sure, every day. Something that um, I think you know at this point, but we have a book that has all the seminarians in it. And so we've been praying for you all last year yeah, leading up amazing. to your ordination. We, like, 
have a book that like on the first pray for seminary and whoever. Yep. So every morning and at least in our sixth or twelfth grade building. Um well, once God or twice a month. Yeah. Deacon that's Alex Cren, now Father Alex Cren. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I'm I keep having to switch over the people I was praying for as seminarians, like in my mental prayer to like Deacon, like I'll be like, Deacon, no, Father. Father. <laughs> <laughs> like it's still, it's still like, it's just like oh, when, yeah. it, huh. when it's the new year and it changes yeah. and you still keep writing like 2022 instead of 2023 and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. but wow. I mean, Eric, I, I was just like, she, I'm glad you came in and saved me because you saw me listening to that story and then just absorbing the story and not being able to speak. Which is not common for me. <laughs> um, I was like so good, like it was so good. I just wanted God to is so like good at that, right? I wanted to yeah. just sit, like just sit with your story in silence for a while. But that's not yeah. podcast worthy. No. So. Yeah, no. But the story, I mean, the thing that the listeners might not know is the fact that I've never heard you that story. I didn't know any yeah. of that until today. So yeah. same, like that's something I love about doing this podcast is you put a microphone in front of people, you just talk, sit down and talk for half an hour. You really do learn things about each other and right. um it just to me listening to your story i relate to parts of it so much like mm-hmm. um and i also it just stirs up so much gratitude mm. because you know ever since we've met you and welcomed you here i think we've all been really psyched up that you are just going to do a great job and be relatable to the kids and yeah. um when i attended your mass with a, a group of other adults last month I remember you talking about um, the Lord's patience and generosity and gen- mm-hmm. and, and gentleness. And it, I, at the time, it was in the homily at this mass, and I was like, he sounds like he has really experienced this. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to learning more about that. So now it's like, mm-hmm. it's like hearing more about how you really have experienced that so personally that um, mm-hmm. more than words can describe, I'm sure. But you've done a good job putting words to it. So... <laughs> Um, thank you for sharing all that. That's I do have a couple of really weird specific questions. Ooh, go. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Love go for a, <laughs> what is your brother's name? What is your mother's name? Because <laughs> you Who brought up to? your. Is that your, to you? Me? Yeah, yeah, it's your story. <laughs> it's your story. We got. I got oh, okay. questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, the brother uh, that I lived with, his name is Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the second oldest. He he is. I guess you could say he's the best Kren athlete. Oh, important. most important. I would <laughs> argue that I am the best Kren golfer. Oh. They might fight me on that, but they probably would. Yeah, and okay. then my mom's name is Sherry. Well, thanks be to God for Matthew and for Sherry. Um, if they listen to this episode, thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Matthew, for mm. uh, keeping reaching out to to father alex kren when he was just your son and your brother alex that you were trying to bring back to god and looking any way you could praying probably and and just yeah thanks be to you guys too so Mm -hmm. um and then my other real super random question is uh what you said there were some lyrics from some christian music and one thing you may not know I'm glad you admitted to that your your fondness or connection to Christian music because Erica and I totally share this. <laughs> so, yep. so what what were the lyrics? What was the song? What what's, what do you remember? So there's yeah. a couple of them. Um, one specifically by Bebo Norman. Uh, nice. Pull pull me out. Talks about like getting pulled out of the darkness. Mm. Um, yeah, and that just really spoke to my heart because. 
yeah, I was just living in that darkness for so long, and I was just internally like screaming to get out of this darkness. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of Matthew West as well, mm-hmm. um, some Bra- uh, Brandon Heath. Um, yeah, those were kind of my my go tos. Tenth Avenue Nor- North also had some some good hits. Good <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, then my last really weird specific question. When, you know, you talked about moving home, living with your brother, mm-hmm. talking to him, starting to listen to Christian music. When was this? Like, are, did, were you like trying to year? place this? Yeah, year. What year? Okay, this would have been like 2010. All right. 2011 2010 2011 i'm gonna be honest i already placed it because of this the the artist he just said because i was like oh yeah that was like right around like early college for me and like that's what i was listening to so so let's hear from erica erica i know christian (laughs) you shared with me um so i do know a little bit more about erica so but maybe i'll still get to discover new things is about your connection with christian music um and I know you just were helping run Max Booth at One Fest, Christian Music Festival recently and stuff. So mm. maybe you could talk a little bit about the role Christian Music played has played in your faith as I well. I mean, Christian Music, like, was huge in my conversion, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Tampa, Florida. And so Disney World and Universal Studios is right across this, the state. And you might not know, but during my teen years, and I think maybe still they in september would do a each park like each company would do a christian music weekend at their parks at night and so all these big name christian music bands would come and so we would go every year as a youth group we'd like choose one or the other and go and so from a very like early in high school i would go to these um because it was just awesome like even in middle school i think i went and it was just like awesome to just be around other people and like hearing this great music Mm -hmm. um and like I went to like a Catholic conference when I was in ninth grade, heard Christian music. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is cool. Um, but I think the big thing was it helped me process like what I was like feeling in my heart and trying to like understand mm-hmm. like how do I feel about God and like what truths am I trying to like really pull out because I didn't know how to do that necessarily. And these words were like, oh, this makes sense. And it helped just put it all to be like in in order really mm-hmm. um we also my diocese did this awesome retreat called the rock and roll retreat every year like i'm not even kidding it was crazy <laughs> i made the the promo video for it when you're even let's go and oh, wait, wait, wait does that still exist the promo video yep i can probably find it in yes. my dvd catalog it. okay uh you'll have to get a Please, dvd player yes, for do it. that um it's as a so condition cheesy. of your employment it's so cheesy <laughs> Um, so, but they would like bring like, then there were tracks. It's like, oh, you really like hip hop music here, go to this track. And like, we have a hip hop artist or like, you like weird folky, whatever music, like just like random stuff. And so you got to know like, Hey, it's not just like worship music or this kind of like Mm -hmm. Christian music that all sounds the same, which everyone knows. Right. It's like, no, there's like all these different artists and they all sound so different and bring something different to the table. And like it made a difference in just like me being able to relate to God and like figuring out who he is to me and who I am to him. Mm. So. Wow. Yeah. I, I felt the same. I was really, I still do listen to Christian music and enjoy it. But when you're going through, I think a phase in your I don't know, journey sounds cheesy, but right. Like journey mm. or conversion or whatever that, 
um, you're trying to make sense of how you're feeling and the new ideas that you're entertaining. And there's just something about it that helps ground mm-hmm. you in all that confusion. And of course, then hopefully find if you're finding your way into prayer and sacraments then it's leading you in the right way. Right. Yeah. For sure. I wonder, um, we've talked a little bit about, I mean, if you guys want to talk about some of our plans, it seems to me connected with Eucharistic revival. Um, we've talked about how maybe we can leverage or use some more Christian music with especially maybe middle schoolers, maybe high schoolers in some of the the plans that you guys are making. Do you want to talk about that at all? What you're planning for the youth this year at the max? You got all the plans, Erica. What are you, we, what are you I mean, <laughs> we all kind of collectively have plans. I think just giving our students just different experiences, I think is big because yeah. I think so often, like even myself, like I'll hear about, you know, different devotions in the church or even like when I was younger going to adoration and in my brain it was like, oh, you just sit in silence and then you have to figure out how to stay focused and what do you do? But it's, it's kind of pulling it out of that and helping our students, our staff, our parents, whoever see like, hey, there's a lot of different things that you can do in regards to the devotional life and mm-hmm. like even entering into adoration. So giving them the opportunity maybe with some worship music to enter in, in a different way, maybe process, you know, maybe what's happening in their hearts, um, mm-hmm. having words to say to God through these songs that maybe they didn't know those are the words they needed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and recognizing like silence is really good and really important. Like, I think we all know this, but giving them that entry point where it's a little bit easier access um, by giving them a different experience and not just music, but maybe like other things that we can do um, in these devotions that have the ability to kind of like be moved in different ways. So, yeah, I think um, incorporating silence, but also providing it kind of provides some extra raw material for that silent time, mm-hmm. you know, that meditation that you have something you're meditating on, which is what you just heard or what you just sang or, you know, what you just read. Yeah. It's not just an empty space that you're trying to fill with whatever's going on in your head. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Uh, like father ran into but, with his first five minutes at St. <laughs> Mary's. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like this spiritual journey, it is difficult. And if like, mm-hmm if no one has shared with you any information and if you're just kind of going into it blindly, like it is tough. Like, how do I pray? Like the beautiful thing about our tradition is that there's so, there's so much richness and so much information that we can gather from the different spiritualities within our tradition. Like there's different ways you can go about it. And like, just to give kids opportunities to like try these different opportunities. Cause each of us are different. One way might be beneficial for one person but a different way might be mm-hmm. beneficial for another so it's really trying to explore like okay what works what works for me like how what helps me engage into prayer and that's really what we hope to present these kids with opportunities to really kind of venture these different avenues and try to figure out what works best for them yeah cuz no, no two people are the same yeah so well, and I think that's a huge benefit, too, then, for, like, when they leave us, like, they have all these things in their back pocket so that mm-hmm. when they're maybe stuck in whatever they're, you know, involved with after here, like, that they can't get out on their own strength, like, they have something to, like, pull out and be like, okay, like, this worked at one time for me. Yep. Let mm-hmm. me try this. Like, oh, daily mass was great, or liturgy of the hours, or silence, yep. or adoration, or 
talking to a priest, going to confession more frequently, whatever it is, like they have that to fall into and be like, this worked. Like, let me fall back into this mm-hmm. because God is good. Amen. 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 <laughs> I feel like we should end there. Amen is usually the end, right, Father? I, something like that. <laughs> um, well, this has been a great conversation, you guys. I went by so fast. Um, anything you'd want to be on listeners' radar as far as what they can expect for the upcoming year? I mean, Father, you'll be—you've already hit the ground running mm-hmm. um, with planning for liturgy, planning for Eucharistic revival. Um, we'll have to talk later. I found out there's going to be. The diocese is sponsoring a huge youth rally next summer, so we'll oh, be yeah. planning for yep. that. We've got Casa Gar trip coming up, right, mm-hmm. to Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, so no shortage of awesome campus ministry opportunities for the kids, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, just, I mean, come see us. Father's in the counseling area in a sweet new office. Um, That's right. The it's going to be lounge. the coolest office in the building. So if Correct. It will be. Mm-hmm. The student lounge will be in 216 sweet carpeted room again awesome uh, so yeah just come see us come hang out with us all right and if anyone want to reach out about anything campus ministry at max go ahead and email faith at max.k12.wi.us or give us a call or as erica says stop on by yeah. uh thanks a lot you guys i'll talk to you again soon god bless